This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. He jumped up and... That's Austin Mace, who is going to be that guy. And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the insult. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got it. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street and Atlanta Time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. The Debbie Debate Podcast is going to be moving exclusively to the Campus to Canton podcast feed. So you, you're going to want to make sure you are subscribed to the C2C feed because the Debbie Debate feed is going to not be updated. We want to direct all of our traffic into one place. We're going to get to football here in a second, but if you guys were paying attention, uh, I think on last week's show, um, had a feud, a little feud with the Campus Life podcast, a podcast that does a segment every year mentioning bold predictions, bold takes. And guess who they forgot this year to bring on? They brought Matt Bruning on, but they disrespected your boy. They disrespected your boy. And I told I, they thought I forgot. They thought I forgot, but I didn't forget. We're going after the campus life. Matthew doesn't want to do this. I don't want, Matthew hey, I don't want to do it either. I was on, I was on there too. But something has to be done. They've disrespected all of the great college fantasy football analysts. Myself, Desmond Howard, all of us. And so this is what we're going to do, okay? Send an email to fp.help at fantasypoints.com with a cc to campus to can at gmail.com. Let them know. That we need campus life canceled. Put Desmond Howard in the subject line. Cancel campus life. Tell them how. They didn't have me on. 
And so it's over now. Matthew? What are we talking about tonight? Matthew, do you want to talk about the tension that we had earlier? What tension? We had tension earlier? I know you like to make up arguments of big stories, so what what, what, what do you got? What are are you throwing at me now? Cancel Campus Life. Let me give the email again one more time. We're going to read some of these emails next week. fp.help at fantasypoints.com. That's fp.help at fantasypoints.com. All right. Uh, Matthew tried to delete the email in the show sheet so that I wouldn't remember it. I mean, I don't know what you're talking FP. about. We have a show sheet tonight? At fantasypoints.com. We, we will read some of the emails next week. We can do this together. We can be a movement. We can get something accomplished. All right. Um, should J.J. McCarthy be the starter at Michigan? I think that he elevates the rest of that team or the ceiling on that team, um, given his athletic ability, his raw athletic ability, his arm talent is just different. And Michigan has some wide receivers on that team that would be interesting elsewhere. I think it's a given that J.J. McCarthy should be the starter. He should supplant Cade McNamara. Yes? Mel? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really – a question. He'll get to start this week against Hawaii. Uh, it was biblical. Matthew, don't be in your feelings the whole show. <laughs> Moxley's talking. What do you want me to do? I'm not going to interrupt him. I'm going to let him make his point. I'll make mine when he's done. Go ahead, Mox. I, I abstain from this argument. Um, no, I mean, McCarthy's starting this week, and I actually think he's going to win this job. He looked better than McNamara when they played against Colorado State like substantially better. And that's a little bit concerning if you're McNamara that you're not able to move the ball against what I think is a very bad Colorado state defense. So yeah, JJ McCarthy should be the starter. I think that's the only way they're making it out of the big 10 again this year. Like they're not doing it with Kate McNamara again. Yeah, I I don't see any way McCarthy doesn't win it after this weekend. I mean, I expect him to go out there. We know Hawaii is a bad team. I think this is exactly, we talked about this two weeks ago. This is the exact point I made is Jim Harbaugh wants them to make the decision for him because he's too scared to make it himself. He could have just very easily said J.J. McCarthy is going to be the starter of the Michigan Wolverines. He doesn't want to do that. He's showing, as Moxley likes to talk about, veteran indifference. He's he's playing to Cade McNamara. And as Moxley just mentioned, doing out there put up 180 yards on Colorado State. Couldn't get a passing, I think he got one passing touchdown. Couldn't do anything else against that defense. J.J. McCarthy is not only going to go out there, I would bet probably throws for two passing touchdowns. He's also going to run a ton. It's going to help open up this offense, and then Jim Harbaugh is going to come out on Sunday or Monday and be like, oh, well, J.J. just blew us all away and won the job. When realistically, He should have just given the kid the job in the first place. Like This whole back-and-forth thing a lot of these coaches are doing makes no sense to me whatsoever. I think it's stupid personally, uh, but I have no doubt that by some point in time, by this time next week, when we're doing Debbie Debate, we're going to be talking about J.J. McCarthy being the starting quarterback of the Wolverines. Michigan still considers themselves to be like one of these blue blood programs like Ohio State or Alabama or you know USC with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. They are not that. And I think Austin said this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, J- 
Michigan winning last year and getting to the playoff might be bad for Michigan in the long term because Jim Harbaugh, you got to remember, his contract was restructured. He was kind of on his last legs, or at least it appeared so, if they would have had another bad season, if they would have gotten blown out by Ohio State at home. Now I think that if they're going to have continued success, they have not had success recruiting. J.J. McCarthy has absolutely have to be he has to be the the five star the starting quarterback he's a five-star prospect he has more athleticism he he can his athleticism can um elevate the offense overall but he has to also produce they've lost dante moore from uh detroit martin luther king right out of their backyard if i'm a if i'm a father of a wide receiver or to be honest with you a running back i'm not sending them to jim harbaugh J.J. McCarthy could potentially change that if he can, you know, be what we expect him to be as a five-star player. I think that that is riding on J.J. McCarthy not only being the starter, but performing well. Like when they go into the horseshoe this year, him being able to put up offensive numbers right there along with C.J. Stroud, where they don't have to hide their quarterback through the running game. So we're going to see. They play Hawaii. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's a – the recruiting problem is a development problem at Michigan. 100%. So I, I like they've recruited fairly well and just have failed to develop really any offensive skill position players. I think the defense is doing fine. Obviously, we saw Aiden Hutchinson go too, and David Ajabo would have, I think, gotten in the first round if he wasn't hurt. But it's a development problem, and I'm not sure that's going to be solved. So I'm not sending I'm not sending my kid to Michigan either. If I, you know had children, which I, I don't, but if I was a recruit, I wouldn't be. And I see now they're in on Jaden Davis, the, uh, yeah. Number the two quarterback. Yeah. Number two quarterback yeah. in 2024, uh, Charlotte kid. So in my neck of the woods, like, I think he's visiting there for a game soon. So I, I'm, if I'm Jaden Davis, I'm very skeptical, skeptical about going there. I, I think that's honestly what's hurt the recruiting more than anything else. It's not necessarily him not having explosive plays or whatever. It's the running backs looked good last year, and I think there's a realistic shot that both Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards get decent draft capital when they go into the NFL. So I don't too, think guys. that's going to yeah. The, I don't I don't think that they're going that's going to hurt the pitch to running backs or whatever. It's the development. Like Harbaugh's supposed to be this QB guru, and as we've talked about multiple times, like he's never really developed a quarterback. People give him credit for Andrew Luck. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's Andrew Luck. And if you want to give him credit for Colin Kaepernick, sure, that's fine. That's one quarterback in his entire career that he's been given this status as his QB guru, but they've never developed anybody. So I think that's where recruits are kind of looking at this and saying man, you know what? Like, do I really want to go here with a guy who's also flirted with going to the NFL multiple times? I mean, he was practically out the door last year, wasn't he, to go to Minnesota? It's a whole – I just think there's so much going on there. And, and and honestly, a lot of it is hardball. I mean, we know for a fact a story I'm, I will not tell live because I don't know if I'm allowed to, but Felix, you know, because you've talked with this player before too – they had a five-star quarterback committed to the school, and then Harbaugh failed to continue recruiting him, and so he left and went somewhere else. So, like, there's – he's had guys, and he's chosen to go different routes or, or handled it poorly. So I, I think it's just a mixture of everything, but I would definitely put the development as probably the highest thing on there and why their recruiting has failed. I used to have these names at the top tip of my tongue. I don't anymore, but Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones – 
you look at some of the five-star players that they've had at Michigan and what they have become at the NFL level. Ryan Mallett, um, Mario Manningham, again, Donovan Peoples-Jones, five-star, Chad Henney, Kevin Grady, who graduated uh, my, my my year out of uh, East Grand Rapids. Um, again, J.J. McCarthy, when you go down this list and you – like if you're, uh, again, a parent saying, hmm, I want to get my son to the NFL, what has Michigan done? They don't have a great track record even before, quite frankly, even before Jim Harbaugh. So I just think that a lot is riding on J.J. McCarthy playing well and then playing well enough that the offensive coordinators there have confidence enough to play a different style of game, something, quite frankly, that is aesthetically pleasing to high school recruits that they want to play there. Speaking of aesthetically pleasing – Chris, I think that DJ Uyunglele is absolutely dust. Um, yeah. I know that he had a, a an okay second half, but I think some of the throws where they they showed him throwing, you know, a, some longer throws along the sideline. I'm like, his mechanics on those throws are terrible. Like he's not turning towards the receiver, whatever. Um, but I think the signal for me that he was done is is how many scripted. QB design runs that they had early in that game. First 15, 20 plays, usually scripted. They kept running him into the back of the line of scrimmage like we don't – that that's to me is an indication of a lack of trust. Yeah, I, I don't know why they would trust him after last season either. He didn't show the development that you wanted to see. In fact, I think he regressed in 2021, and I think he doesn't look any better in 2022. And it's a shame too because I think – it's a confidence issue. Maybe it, maybe he's just not like, I hate using the term mentally tough because it makes, it, it makes the athletes sound like they're not putting their bodies on the line every single week. And so I, I hate using that term, but there's something there that happened between what we saw in high school and what we saw his freshman year to where he's at. Now we have designed quarterback runs for like 40% of the plays. It felt like against Georgia tech, Georgia tech. He's not a dual threat quarterback. He is no, a he's drop not. pack passer, and it just didn't make any sense. It didn't make the, any sense. The game script you saw from Clemson is what you would see, like if the roles were reversed. Georgia Tech game script should have been what Clemson's was, where they just ran Jeff Sims a bunch instead of him dropping back to pass. It was super bizarre, and I I just don't have you how you have faith in in DJU right well, now. Well, we can just compare. We can just compare. Look at what Clemson did early on with DJ Uyunglele running him into the back of the line of scrimmage in what was uh, Georgia Tech's first play of the game. Play action, deep shot with Jeff Sims. Now, it was intercepted, but look at how they're off. Look how Jeff Collins is treating Jeff Sims versus, you know, whoever's calling plays at Clemson is is treating DJU. I think Bud Elliott – posted something interesting earlier today uh, that he talked about on the Cover 3 podcast, just mentioning Clemson's track record for hiring from within. So they have five offensive assistants that have a combined a, a combined 11 years coaching experience at the FBS level, but just six at the Power 5 level, and, and um, Dabo is not a play caller himself. I mean, I it's possible that we've just seen the – the end of Clemson is 
a as as a team that matters on the national stage. Unless that defense is, I mean, that defense is very good. I think Brian Brzee. If you're going to have Will, Ed, if you're going to have two defensive players to be at the Heisman ceremony, you can put Brian Brzee right there too as a defensive tackle. Uh, maybe he could win it. Miles but Murphy Matthew, and Trent, Trent Simpson looked awesome too. The yeah. defense, the defense is great. Defense is awesome. It's and they they play in a bad conference too, which is yeah. what's going to keep them elevated. But that when they what they're going to become if they don't fix this is they're going to become Notre Dame. And the fact of they're going to make the playoffs, and it's because of that defense, but because that offense will not be able to keep up with a Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, USC. If USC makes it in there, they're going to get embarrassed in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Shane. I know you disagree with that, and that's fine. But the play calling is horrible. Dabo, I've it said is. for years, is not a good head coach. He made the playoffs on two incredibly talented, game-changing quarterbacks. And I think you're seeing the real Dabo and the real Clemson now that they have not been able to get that quarterback back. Maybe Cade will be that. I don't Can think I get, he will, but maybe he will. Well, that's the next question. Is Cade Klubnik a quote-unquote game-changing quarterback, or are we just – you know, switching out a, a player who Dabo might also fail to develop or elevate. I liked Cade Klubnik. Um, you know, I was a lot higher on him than I think consensus was. I really came around on him because I thought he was a pretty bad quarterback before the Elite 11. Um, I believe he won the Elite 11 that year as well. He did. I, yeah, I, he, I thought he was not a good quarterback. I really questioned his arm strength, but I think I've come around on him a bunch He's added weight, which was also a big question. So I'm really interested to see what he does. But God, I'm, I'm going to sound like a hater because I'm a South Carolina fan and Clemson's our main rival. But I promise it's not related. I think Clemson become the new Iowa. I think Notre Dame's a little, little, uh, a little generous. I think they could be a team that just relies entirely on their defense and very conservative play calling. Unless they get this offense fixed. Offensive line has been a huge issue. Shane pointed out in the chat, the receivers, they recruited the same archetype over and over and over. They keep promoting from within, and you can only do that for so long because you only have so many good internal candidates. And Dabo's all about family. He's all about loyalty. That's who he is as a person. And it translates to the football field, and that's not necessarily something that's a good thing when you lose Brent Venables. Venables was there since 2012. He had a lot of experience in the program. And before that, he was at Oklahoma under Stoops. He had the experience. There's nobody on the staff that has that. I'm very worried about the Clemson program long-term, both on offense. I think defense is probably going to be all right. That's a really good That's a really good defense. But offensively, I think you're in a lot of trouble. I mean, we've you seen said- it with the top coaches. You have to be a shark. You have to be ruthless when it comes to this stuff, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to going and getting coaches. I mean – Ryan Day went out there and got Jim Knowles and said, literally was like, we'll write you, you write the number down you want, we're going to pay you. If Dabo had gone and gotten Jim Knowles for Clemson, I think we'd be having an even better conversation about that defense, number one. But we would show that he's changing. Like, he's still not even willing to change his rule necessarily on not bringing guys into the transfer portal. That's a huge thing on building programs now. Like, it's just... There's so much working against Clemson. I, I know that Clemson fans are going to hate to hear this, but I genuinely think if they got rid of Dabo, they'd be a whole lot better off right now because his, his just unwillingness to change what has worked for him and what worked for him was Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. 
The comments are on fire. Mox, you said Iowa. I was thinking Michigan. Like they could become. Yeah, they could be Michigan too. That's a good example. What what Michigan is now. Uh, If you are watching this video live on YouTube, please drop us a like. I want to get this video to to, uh, 30 likes during the show. This helps us grow our reach in um, the reach of this format. Expand this format. Make it more popular. Um, Anthony Richardson. I mean, this this could be the moment where I, you know, get petty. I don't think I'm going to do that today. I just don't have the energy. But <laughs> the NFL draft Knicks have latched on to this dude after the game one performance against Utah. Todd McShay has him going six overall. Damon Parson at the draft countdown has him going, I think, third or something like that. I just think that Anthony Richardson captures the the imagination in a different way than someone like, you know, C.J. Stroud or Kenny Pickett from last year or, you know, even Bryce Young. I think when we are watching Anthony Richardson, you can literally say we have not seen something like this before. I've heard him compared to Cam Newton. He He would dust Cam Newton in a race. He has to develop. But his ascension, I mean, I could say I predicted it, but I'm not, not going to get into that, Mox. But he he is a – like he like he is must-watch television now very early on. Okay. So the one thing I'll say on this is – I mean, you can be petty all you want. Nobody here has trashed Anthony Richardson. Now, you have believed that he will develop. I also think it's a fair argument to say, has he? I'm, I'm, I'm going to point out someone that I know you respect in the industry, made a very interesting quote the other day. And I'm going I'm to recite it back to you right now. A foolish man makes conclusions after week one. A wise man makes observations after week one. The observation is, Anthony Richardson did, did put that team on his back. He looked much better than what we saw last year, specifically in that Georgia game. But if you really go and look at his passing, it was not much better. And what is everybody hyping up? What are the Damon Parsons? What are the Todd McShays hyping up about Anthony Richardson? His 360 windmill pump fake throw to the dude in the back of the end zone. Amazing play. Amazing. I'm not going to – I mean, it was It's fun to watch. I will rewatch that replay a dozen times, thousands of times. It's fun to watch. Until he improves as a passer, though, it's hard for me to say that he's going to be what you expect him to be. I said this Sunday night we talked about it. I will be 100%. It's very hard for me to evaluate what Anthony Richardson really is because we've not seen it. Like, nine of his 17 passes – we're less than five yards down the field, guys. Nine. You That does not work in the NFL. And sure, if you want to call it a win because he gets drafted in the first round and then ends up busting because he can't pass the ball, fine. Call it a win all you want. But that's not what we're here for. We're here to predict players going on to the NFL and succeeding there as well. Am I not wrong? Am I wrong about that? No. That's that's the job here. It's It's to predict future NFL success as well. I'm not saying that he can't do that, but one game it sounds in, like you are. It no, sounds like you are. I don't know what, what this whole preamble is. It sounds like that's exactly what you're saying. 
I'm saying let's wait for more than one week before we all of a sudden make this dude a top five pick in NFL mock draft. That's I have not I'm, been I'm not talking about you. Anthony Richardson for one week. I've been talking for to him. This you is have now the third consecutive year. But the barometer you just used is now Damon Parsons putting him up in the top five of his NFL draft mock. Todd McShay putting him up there. He wasn't there beginning of the season. He was at best back into the first round. Now, after one game, all these guys are saying, oh, he's better than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. He has the ability to be. I'm not going to argue that. He has a chance to be better than both. But you can't say that after one week. You just can't, in all my right. opinion. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'm wrong. All right. You know what? You, you had your turn here. Um, this, I, this is the reason why I'm bringing up what Todd McShay, Damon Parson – have you know uh, elevated Anthony Richardson is because I have been saying this for three years, and now the public, the NFL media in general, is like, oh, yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing I will say is I agree with you regarding. I mean, that game script was a lot of passes at the line of scrimmage, a lot of quick reads, but there were some plays where there's a th- like a third and eight where he looks over his left shoulder to move a linebacker and throws a post, like 20-yard post, back over to over to the right. Those are things that you can hang your hat on. These that's an NFL throw. That's an moving a linebacker with your eyes because you know where you're going. That's an NFL move. Those are things that you can get excited about. We I knew about the athleticism. I knew about that. I knew that he could outrun cornerbacks. But the things that I think that you should be excited about are those three throws where he stands in the pocket and he makes a throw downfield comfortably without looking to take off. So when like you know, 18, I don't know like 18 yards downfield? He didn't complete a pass over 20 yards. I, just said, I know. That's the I thing. just said he didn't complete I just said over the yards. three throws. Oh, right. Okay. But I okay. You want to go about But you aren't whole... saying he's a bust though, right? You aren't I'm not saying, saying he's a bust. He's a bust. And Okay. None of us have ever said that. What we've said is we want to see him develop as a passer. If he does that, he will be the number one pick in the NFL. None of us have ever disputed that. He's. We've all agreed with you that he's the most – I've even said on this show, I said it on Better Sports said, Radio last week. Mm-hmm. He's the best athlete in college, and even if you don't want to say it, he's at least in the argument. Nobody's ever said he's not good on this show. We've just said we want to see him develop. That's what? all. Yeah, what's what's you interesting? Have, you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Not after one week, he made some good throws. Yes, but right. you know who else made good okay. throws that you told me can't? Quinn Ewers. I right. can go pull three good throws from that ULM game, but he's not a good quarterback right. either, according to you. Like three throws doesn't right. do it. No, give me four or five weeks, and if he continues to, if he does that again during Kentucky, yeah, he's going to continue moving up. Going to continue moving up. You can't make a, a definitive statement after one week. I he's don't understand a definitive statement. I'm not who's saying make, you. Who's making a definitive statement? The draft Knicks are that you're using as the barometer of this conversation are saying what draft better. Knicks are by putting out a mock draft, putting it, having it because in the first where did they have him before? Statements? Where did they have him before that week? He was and nowhere I guess near that's what I'm is. getting at. Is this ascension is something that I predicted? Can I at least get credit for that? Wait, you know I what? thought yeah, I we, thought you didn't have the energy. I should have been petted. I, I should not petty about We're this. not disagreeing with that. You, you were on Richardson. You said that he was going to develop. And I'm not disagreeing with you. Where the issue is, is you're like, you guys are all that. Well, none of us said he sucked. 
And I'm not 100% that he's going to reach the height that you believe he will. Because you do. You have said that you think he can be the number one is, quarterback in Is that in a conclusion? Plus. You just said, is that a conclusion that you're making? That you don't think no. that he's going to reach those heights? I said That's right now, I don't think that he so, will. It's not a conclusion. Oh, so after my one week, you can make the conclusion that he's I'm not going to reach those heights. My conclusion would be he's never going to do that. I said right now. What are you talking? That is exact. That isn't the definition of a conclusion. <laughs> but I'm not saying he look, won't reach look, that. That's what I'm saying. That's um, Austin Nace, our esteemed colleague. He traded, and I would like some comments on this uh, in the comments. He traded Anthony Richardson, and he received Bo Collins. A supplement, a supplemental first round pick and a supplemental second round pick. Chris Moxley, what do you think of that trade? I voted for Austin side of the trade, not knowing who actually was involved in the trade at the time. Um, I probably would have abstained from the vote because then my, you know, I'm on the record now voting for Bo Collins and supplemental picks. You guys understand this is an opinion show, right? So we're gonna throw stuff out here, and you got to get a take on it. Chris Moxley, you're you still wanna, you're going for. All right, for you want to you want a better. Side? You want a better take? Here, here's a better take. I want a quarterback who completed more than two passes, twelve yards downfield, and has actually developed as a Bring passer. It. Bring it on. Let's the go. quarterback that we saw week one, Anthony Richardson, is not any different than the quarterback Anthony Richardson we saw. All he did was beat Utah because Cameron Rising accidentally threw a pick in the end zone on the last play of the game. If he doesn't throw that pick, I guarantee the media Come narrative on. is different. And guess what? As someone who projected, I have a mock draft from May 26th on the Cam Scans website. You know who's going ninth overall to Seattle Seahawks? Anthony Richardson. I had him there because I believe that he could develop. It didn't happen week one. I want to see more. I want to see a guy who completes more than two passes beyond 12 yards because he didn't. He attempted one pass beyond 20 yards. This man is not an accomplished pass. Because so I want the supplemental side. I think this is a pretty good incoming class. The 2024 class has three quarterbacks that I really like. I think Arch Manning's good. I think Malachi Nelson's good. I think Dante Moore is good. We really like Cedric Baxter. I think there's a bunch of wide receivers who are really accomplished. Give me the supplemental picks and Bo Collins. If you want to take, there it is. Chris Moxley's take was so hot, he started taking up more internet bandwidth, and we lost him for a second. <laughs> Shit. There. Um Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for thank you. That's exa- thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Um, again, give me some com- give me some comments. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, Austin Nates traded him away and received Bo Collins, the wide receiver from uh, Clemson, and a supplemental first and second round draft pick. So the supplemental first and second round draft pick. That's an opportunity to get uh, the income next year's incoming freshman class, which is supposed to be um, highly re- highly regarded, or it is very highly regarded. And so he's getting additional picks uh, in that class. The comparative on a in a, the dynasty space is trading for a 2023 or 2024 first. Um, what else did I, I? I think the problem that I had with. Richardson go, that feels low like like you could it feels like you could get a lot more as a matter of fact I mean I the person who acquired Anthony Richardson from Austin attempted to acquire him from me and I just the, the offer was too low I think that you could I think Austin could have gotten more and that's my problem um with with this with this I mean Anthony Richardson if he plays well against Kentucky again which there's no reason to expect that he's not going to be, you know, a hundred yard rusher, lead the team in in rushing, probably have a couple of touchdowns. That his 
value is going to continue to increase. You're projecting 100 yards every week out of Anthony Richardson. Why wouldn't I? You, because he can't pass, Mark. So why? And I'm and I'm and I'm I didn't. Saying, and I didn't true. just gonna run every game. I'm, I'm just messing. <laughs> so now I'm being. I mean, his 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 rushing propped on taking on draft on draft uh, prospects. I think it's like sixty or sixty three yards right now. You're taking uh, the under? No, the over. Oh no, no, I'm taking. Oh, all oh, the over. Oh, okay. I just said he can't pass. Why wouldn't I under. take the over on the rush? Take the under. Take the under. I have an issue with Anthony Richardson. He's is Anthony Richardson player. actually running back? Nobody's been talking about this. Um, I want to know how you would rank these players in NCAA 23, the upcoming video game. Anthony Richardson, let's start with him. Matt? Am I giving you the actual rating? I think Just rank the play. Just rank him. Just give me a ranking. Yeah, so I'm asking. So like what we did last year. Like if I'm telling you CJ Stroud would be a rating of what, or am I ranking all the players? Because you only gave one player, so... I'm giving. I have a list of players here. Yes. that's in the show sheet. I know that. I, I see that. Chris Moxley, can you give me a ranking for Anthony Richardson, please? Eighty-seven, and it's largely because he's booted okay. by his by so rushing. That's my issue here. You're saying ranking. It's a rating. 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 Thank rating. you. Okay, that's played. why maybe you understand okay. the issue I had with the question. I Mox would probably going say 87. he's a rating of like a ninety-four because of his speed. Oh man, man, his I'm speed. Actually, and his ability to run would he would be uh, like what Lamar would have been had college had NCAA been out you know years ago when that he he'd be high because they so give him decent actually, passing marks too I think. Well, I think his throw power would be like ninety nine, but his throw accuracy might be like seventy something. But his speed would probably be like ninety two, ninety three. I'm actually look, we're all arguing here. I'm actually rating him like a ninety ninety one. Um, I mean, I, I think they McCar- have good elusiveness too. Uh, JJ McCarthy, yeah. seventy-eight. I think he'll have yeah. good speeds, but I think they'd be worried about the passing more so. And his speed would probably now. JJ McCarthy has hit twenty-two miles per hour, yeah. but they would only give him like eighty-five speed. They would not make him a speed demon on the yeah. game. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't give him the uh, that speed. I'll give him an eighty-three. Um, He's had a big time program. He gets that little bump being a high high level recruit coming from IMG. He's got the pedigree. He he'd get a little credit there. I think they. I think Matthew is right here. I actually think seventy eight is probably right about right. Um, DJU. Oh, that's like a forty one. I'm just kidding. This would be like a sixty six, sixty seven. He would. I do not think he'd be rated very highly after the. I've got seventy. Yeah, I've got like seventy. What I would rate him, or what I think that they would rate him, because I think they would rate him like eighty one. Like I don't think that they would downgrade him as much as y'all think they would, because he's a a big time quarterback at a big yeah. school You're, with that's, a five star yeah. five star pedigree. Is the number what would nah, you rate? Him? What would you rate him? Would I rate him like sixty two? <laughs> I, I I guarantee you they'd have him low because they would have Club Nick higher and then make you do the whole like do you want to start Club Nick over him thing like they would put yeah. him higher than than DJU I think. Uh, yeah, Travion Henderson, Travion Henderson. 94 788 oof i wouldn't go that high so i so what matthew's doing and i think what he's doing is is he's saying like bijan robinson is like a like 99 tier of his own they and don't the really backs, do running backs by up high 90s though they're usually like true. the lower 90s but bijan so like, i think, think bijan B- would be one at like 90 like a 97 yeah. yeah i think he'd go 94 95 so then i would put travion like high 80s maybe 90 cuz i don't think 
I know he's fast. I don't feel like he's got the speed Bijan does. I really don't. That's I don't interesting think he's high ranked. I don't. I don't, I don't think know he has a tackle ability him. that Bijan does. I think I that that's that. the one thing that Trey. We should talk about that later. But I think that that's the one thing that Travion has is just raw speed, which is like, which is why oh, Reggie Bush God. is the comp for him for me. Like he's a speed player. Um, well, Braylon Allen then. If you've got you had Travion at what eighty seven, yeah, eighty seven. Braylon Allen, the Wisconsin Braylon Allen, probably eighty four ish because he's see, got that I, size. He'd be Braylon Allen. Yeah. Braylon, Braylon Allen, that truck stick. We saw that this weekend. He was clocked at twenty point one. That's not great. He would not have good speed. He like, would have eighty eight speed, but his trucking would be ninety nine. I agree with that. Like dudes. he'd have fucking the vision up. He'd have the truck stick. He'd have power running, all that stuff. But the speed, I think, would be lower than. than it'd be like then eighty eight. I give eighty eight. Eighty eight. I think it'd be eighty two, eighty three. All right. What? Just hold on. Who else do I have up here? Um, uh, J- Jameer Gibbs. Give me Jameer Gibbs real quick, Mox. I think he would be lower because he doesn't really fit in the general criteria that they're looking for right. that all these running backs. So I'll give him an 84. I don't that, think he'd be as high as yeah. we think he'd be. His game is more nuanced than, yeah. than like video game-ish. I think he I would know. be closer to Henderson just because he's also very shifty and that matters to them. That shifty rating for a running back matters. He's also got the receiving skills. That'll boost See, him he's up more over of a slasher to me. Like he's more of a like a bendy, curvier, linear runner, and not like makes... a jump, stop, cut runner. Like Saquon oh yeah, Walker. yeah, but he makes people miss, and so it's all one rating yeah. though, and that's what they'll they'll count. It'll go in there. It'll be better than like a Braylon Allen because Braylon Allen's just running you over. He's not making you miss. I I would rate Will Shipley like seventy four. I think he'd be higher than that. Name like name name brand man. Oh y'all are y'all are crazy. I think he'd be like an eighty one. But I also had, Mox, I also had Trayvon right. Henderson at like a ninety four. So I think that we're just low on. Mox, did you play? Did you ever play the video game? Yeah, but we're listen. It's twenty twenty three, man. We're well, we'll looking find out forward. on some of these guys next year. DJU ain't leaving college this year, so we'll find out what his rating's going to be. DJ, we'll DJU, find out about Cade, Travion, Will, we'll find South out Alabama quarterback DJU. What do we think he's rated at? Seventy. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, if you're having a good time and watching this live, please drop this video a like. It really helps us expand our reach. I don't know what how many likes we're at, but I want to get this to at least 30. Um, all right, Mox, uh, why don't you th- take us through housekeeping, and I'm going to see how many likes we have. All right, yeah. Uh, first things first, prize picks. If you sign up with promo code C2C, you get $100 towards your match, i.e., put $100 in, get $100 back. Uh, We have a bunch of content for this. It's on our Saturday show. It's on our Better Sports Network show from 8 to 10. I do a show during the week. We also have Bet on C2C, a ton of prize picks content coming from all of us. Uh, A really great deal. Use promo code C2C, and you also get $29.99 towards an in-season membership or a membership of your choice. We have the in-season edge. would cover that entirely. We also have a ton of in-season content, period, that is not just prize fix space. We have our Better Sports Show, again, 8 to 10, Saturday morning. That'll even be in the off-season, which is awesome. Uh, we have our tailgate right after the Better Sports Show, 10.30 to 12. Uh, we have our halftime Discord chat, which usually when it's on time, a lot of people show up and we get it. We're able to talk the games uh, that happen in the 12 o'clock hour. And we have College Fantasy Tonight. 
This dude said South Alabama quarterback. <laughs> I try to get through a promo, man. We got college fantasy tonight. Well, after the last major game of the C- of the of the week, we cop in, we talk. It's a roundtable sports center style show. A lot of fun, a lot of knowledge. People who've watched the entire game, uh, some of the best takes that you'll see of the entire week that are pretty rapid. Um, maybe next year we'll get South Alabama DJU on there. Um, make sure you pay. Hey, if join us on Better Sports Radio, 8 a.m. on Saturdays. That's a year-round show. So we are going to bring our hijinks and our college football talk to Better Sports Radio. Uh, I don't know how we got that gig. Um, but we did 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Saturday morning. So during the season, we're getting you ready for the games uh, leading up to the games. Mox, who are some players that moved up in your ranking since uh, week zero? Uh, yeah, I have two running backs. One is Raheem Sanders. And I don't want to beat a dead horse because I think he'll be talked about a lot on our shows this week. Austin already talked about him as a riser on Campus Life, uh, which might not be around that much longer. So glad you're coming here for that. Uh, he went 20 for 117, and he also had three receptions. He's an excellent receiver, one of the best at size adjusted athletes at the running back position in the country, and he did that against the Cincinnati defense that I think is pretty good. That front seven is nothing to really be trifled with. So I thought that he improved in areas where I really had questions about him, which is like the technical aspect of being a running back, and I thought he looked good um, between the tackles, which was always a question that I had with him. And so he definitely – moved up for him. Corey Pereira has been on him all off season back to Debbie podcast. Give him credit where credit's due. He's always had him very high. The other guy what, is uh, we, yeah. Well, we could talk about him first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, on Sanders, has he moved above Shipley or Allen? I assume Travion's still your number one. Above Shipley. Above Shipley. So he's your RB3. Yeah, he's above in that I, class. And I've never, I've never really liked Shipley because I think Shipley bounces everything outside and he's shown no propensity to run through the tack, run between the tackles. Um, he's definitely jumped Shipley. He's still behind Braylon Allen. Not only even like Braylon Allen that much, but I, I think that you, it's really hard to argue with what we saw last season from him. We should like the site as a whole was very high on Raheem Sanders because of his wide yes. receiver background, his size adjusted athleticism. So if you are like playing in campus to Canton leagues and you are listening to us, any of the shows, any of the content, you, you probably snagged uh, Raheem Sanders. So, I mean, Absolutely. subscribe to the subscribe to the website, subscribe to the YouTube page. I think we're doing the same thing with this freshman class. So uh, the, the 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 issue with Raheem Sanders, though, is they always run a committee. But man, he is the be- one of the best players on that offense. Like if they give Dominique Johnson like a large share of those those uh, uh, carries of that backfield, that's just that. I don't think that, that increases their chances of winning. It so. His 23 touches last week was really impressive. Um, Dominique Johnson didn't play. He was injured. But, man, like, he could actually carve out a bell cow roll. It would not surprise me if he had a 20-touch per game season, and that's pretty good for the collegiate level. So He's he's number five. I have to believe that they gave him number five, which is a sacred number for the Arkansas Razorbacks. I think they – may have seen it coming that he was going to be this dude. I just hope that they give him the like sophomore year full bell cow roll. All right, yep. who else you got? Yeah, number right. five, Darren McFadden, is the uh, sacred number. Make, make sure the people know, of course. Second is Jaden Ott. He is a true freshman and a running back at Cal. 
Ott's 130 yards for scrimmage. I thought this was a really interesting number. His 130 yards rushing and receiving are the most by a Cal player in their debut since Keenan Allen did it. That's a lot of yards, and that's a long time ago. He immediately assumed the RB1 role. I don't think the Cal offense is great or anything, but I do think it's really impressive how he just stepped in and was a big part of the rushing game, and he was targeted in the passing game. You don't see that very often, especially from freshman running backs. Usually that's something they develop in their second or third year. I'm really excited for Jaden Knott, and he was a player that I liked a pretty good amount going into the season, but I didn't think he would assume the role immediately, and it seems like he supplanted Damian Moore as the RB1 for the Golden Bears, and that's a player that I have moved substantially up. His spring game was awesome, too. Like I, We should have been adjusting probably a lot more then than we did, especially with the camp reports, but yeah, he's a guy that's got to be moved up. Feel like we just don't respect West Coast football. Like Odd is not a player that I had watched at all whatsoever. And then going to Cal, I don't think really helped matters. So I don't I don't even think it's West Coast. It's just the bad teams on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Like we pay attention to USC, Oregon, Washington for the most part. UCLA because Chip Kelly's running back's good. It's it's just kind of those bad teams we tend to avoid. Yeah. We have a backseat driver in the comments uh, who decided not to show up for his his regularly scheduled appearance. So we yeah, will, so he, he will he can show up in the chat, list. but not in the uh, the video. Got it. Cool. There there were a lot of guys that I was like, man, I can move these players up and down. I'm going to start with Cartavius Norton, um, who Austin Ace has been on really from the beginning, from the jump. Um, and we saw his we saw his ADP go from non-existent to like second, third round in uh, supplemental drafts. Cartavius Norton, Iowa State, taking over for um, Brees Hall. Now, the reason why I have to highlight him as a riser is he got hurt in this game, but he was the starting running back. Drill Brock had like a highlight run, a touchdown run, and they were trying to ice the game late. I don't. I think that that would have been Cartavius Norton had he been healthy. He got hurt on a run that he cut out around the around the end, and this dude is you. He is rocked up. He looks huge, and he runs violently. And he beat this corner at the uh, around the edge, but then pulled up on the sideline with his hamstring. It's probably going to be out for a few weeks. Man, I would if that's a buying window. I would go ahead and and try to snag Cartavius Norton because. I'm telling you, like the the carries that he had, it looked like he would be a problem to tackle. Um, so, Cartavius Norton is one. I think I moved him to the top thirty-ish at running back. Drake May is the other one. Um, I think just his versatility—he can do it from the pocket. He can do it uh, uh, scrambling off structure. Um, yes, he does need to add some some weight. But if you had to, I mean, if you had to, he'd probably be what a top. Eight-ish quarterback. If you had to draft today, we had the top three. I think Anthony Richardson would be there, and then Drake May would be right in the mix. So if you have Drake yeah. May on your roster, I mean, stock way, way up for Drake May. And then number three for me is Mayan Williams. I oh, think Mayan Williams. <laughs> something to say? Thought I was on mute there. Mayan Williams is going to have a better NFL career than he does um, uh, career at Ohio State. When they needed to have an identity in the second half, like we are going to run through 
uh, this Notre Dame defense. They put Mayan Williams in the game, and he was they were opening holes for him, but once he got to the second level, he was using his shoulder, his off arm, stiff arm, what have you. And um, I just think that he's going to be a better NFL player. I think that he's a, a guy that could get late day, late third round or early fourth round draft capital. And I could see him be a player who gets 15 touches a game at, at the at the NFL. So those are my three in the, at the NFL level. So those are my three uh, guys. Uh, Matthew, why don't you give us yours? I find the Mayan Williams discussion very interesting, considering he was outrushed by Trevion Henderson. He had one great catch, though. That catch on the sideline where he toe-dragged was great. You said he he changed the identity. Henderson came out because he was injured. That's the opinion right there. Uh, so I've got two really quick uh, quarterbacks that I've moved. These up. little JJ. side comments, they wanted a physical presence late in that game. The one drive they, that he they, went on. And he, he and Travion Henderson had totally Henderson different styles. Hurt. He didn't come in until So you Henderson think they run hurt. the same way? You think that they run? You think that no, I do Henderson not. Is a they, thumper? Mayan Williams wouldn't have been in there for that drive had Henderson not got hurt. Henderson was on the field, then he got hurt on the chop block. They put Mayan Williams in, and then he rushes it down the field. Anyways, QBs that I moved up: JJ McCarthy. I expect him to win that job, as we kind of talked about earlier on this show. Uh, I moved him up into my top twenty-four as um Cade Klubnik I mean I, it's time to move him up I've, I still have not really had a chance to watch what he did in that game um I haven't recorded I just haven't had a chance to watch, but everybody tells me that he looked really good for the for the little bit that he was out there so Cade Klubnik has moved up now into my top 24 I still have I don't I still don't oh, believe he's as good as as you and Alfred do as, as QB1 oh. in the class he's not that good but oh. I moved him up ahead of a couple of the other guys uh that I thought he was better than uh, he's still behind Devin Brown, Drew Aller, uh, and two other guys for me. I don't remember. But he's made it up into my top 24 currently. Yeah. Uh, the two that I really want to talk about, Tank Bigsby. He's a guy that I think a lot of people left for dead based on what happened last season, based on everything going around the Auburn program this year. Dude went out there this past weekend, granted against Mercer, so it's not like he was out there playing against Alabama, but regardless, 147 rushes, rush yards, two touchdowns. I mean, forced 13 missed tackles. Four plus yard, four plus runs for over ten yards, three plus for over fifteen. Like he was just, he looked good. He looked like the Tank Bigsby we fell in love with as a freshman. Uh, didn't move him up a ton, but he had dropped down closer to twenty, so I moved him back up closer to twelve where I had him beforehand. Uh, and Quinshawn Judkins, I talked about him all off season. He was a guy that I was really big on, but as Colin pointed out during the RB Summit, I was lower on him than most of you guys just in the rankings because I wasn't sure where he would fit in. But he looked great. And I think he was one of the highlights in that old Miss game. Though he jumped up majorly in my rankings. I don't remember exactly where I moved him to, but he moved up very high for me. I'm I'm all in. I have been. Can I stop you? Can was, I? Can yeah. I? This is see. This is how it's done, Matthew. Hey, Matt. You know you you tied Quinchon Junkins. Good job, Matt. See, well, Quinchon Junkins is a good running back compared to mine, Williams. So like I'm just you know giving the people what they want. Let's. I want to provide some context here for the uh, Quinchon Judkins conversation. I think Quinchon Judkins was a three-star prospect according to 24/7 Sports. So if you are playing in campus to Canton leagues and you're just going by the uh, the the list, Quinchon Judkins is not going to stand out for you. He did for us. Quinchon Judkins, Andrew Paul, Cartavius Norton, um, uh, Raheem Sanders. We're pulling out guys like this to say, hey, you need to gravitate towards this the, these these players. And for a company that ain't been around that long, 
our shooting percentage on some of this stuff is pretty damn good, in my opinion. Um, three-star prospect. It, he is a violent runner. He's a he's going to be a good player. And you think about what they have there at Ole Miss. They have Zach Evans, who's considered to be a day two prospect. They have Ulysses Bentley, who is at least you know a soft sophomore or junior with some very good production at SMU. But they got Quinshawn Judkins in the game, and then the reports out of camp had been that he was very very good. Just saying, y'all. I mean, we've we've kind of we've got uh, something good going here. We talked about players moving up our rankings. Let's talk talk about players moving down our rankings. And uh, Mox, one of yours, one of yours, I called. The other one kind of makes me disappointed. Yeah, I I have sent uh, Washington quarterback Sam Heward to the shadow realm. I don't think he's draftable in Camp Scanton leagues. Period. I would just wouldn't take him anymore um he's a five-star crazy he's a five-star quarterback um he wasn't really that mobile in high school i was a big fan of his i'll be i will be totally honest he was my quarterback one in the class shock he was he was my quarterback one it was a tier of three it was him quarterback one Hmm. it was drake may and it was tyler buchner yeah two or three ain't bad if if we think uh buchner's gonna be a good player did he did he get a nickname on this show i can't remember he did. You 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 nicknamed him Cement Shoes. Oh, well, you didn't really nickname right. him that. You just said he looks like he runs with cement shoes on. Wait, who who oh, are we talking about? Right. Carson Strong, or are we talking about Sam Heward? No, Sam. Heward. We're talking about Sam Heward. <laughs> We're talking about Sam Heward. This is a value proposition, Chris Moxley. Carson Strong could take in the forty fourth round of Campus Kent supplemental draft or Campus Kent startup drafts. Sam Heward required yeah. high draft capital, and I was telling you, telling y'all to fade that dude. Not only was he cement shoes. This is not even my turn. It's supposed to be Mox's turn. Not only was he cement shoes, <laughs> but his game tape was filled with just straight up deep balls. Those are not th- those are throws that ten out of ten high school quarterbacks can make. They're not t- they're not impressive throws. I tried to tell you. Uh, anyway, I thought his touch in the passes were good, but neither here nor there. We're moving on. Um, the second is Cameron Ward. I was a fan. Um, I actually wrote a horrible article about Cameron Ward during the summer um kind of detailing what he needs to improve and like why i really liked him and why i really liked the situation kind of transferring in from McCarnet ward with his with his same head coach being the offensive coordinator we it was exactly what we saw at incarnate ward and that is not an encouraging sign in my opinion he was worse than i thought he'd be he had a very low average depth of target and you see that in a lot of air raid type systems but for a guy with an arm that i think is almost like borderline special, we just don't see the accuracy that we need for deep, like deep quadrants. And so I, I am concerned about Cameron Ward. And this was against Idaho. This wasn't against Wisconsin, who I think he plays this week. But man, like I'm worried about Cameron Ward, and I have moved him down a lot because you know last Eric Froton talked about this a bunch when we were at the FF Expo as well. Beyond ten yards, he threw an accuracy percentage under 60%. That's really bad for a quarterback who we think is a good arm. So I'm really worried about Cameron Ward and I will move him down probably a good amount in my rankings. I, I didn't think that their offense was going to be the Mike Leach spread, but horizontal offense, you know, where they spread everybody out, not to run deep, but to run everything quick. And that's really what it was. They had a couple of deep shots, but there was one along the left sideline and Cameron, I mean, this dude was, this would have been a touchdown. It would have been like a 40, 50 yard touchdown and Cameron Ward threw it inside the numbers. He had good, 
trajectory on it, but threw it inside the numbers. That had that ball had to be outside of the numbers. And sometimes when quarterbacks can't make that throw, that leads me to believe that they don't have the arm strength to make that throw. You know, so I agree with you. It was a very horizontal offense. Um, and they went in ten, they went into the half tied 10-10 with Idaho. Yeah, it it was a game throughout. I figured that would be the offense because his average depth of target or his uh adjusted yards per pass attempt last season and the season before when he was at Incarnate Ward were pretty low. Um, it wasn't a surprise that it was that way, but even if that's the offense, this is a guy who has a big arm, like a like a special arm. If we're being honest, I didn't see it, and I'm really worried about his accuracy. I agree that throw is an example of throws that were all over his tape coming from the SCS level too. He has to improve that, and this might not be his year. We might see it in 2023. The the Idaho quarterback had like two or three deep shots in that game that were perfectly perfectly placed and there was a throw that he made late i mean after a while i had to just look up who that kid was um the guys moving down from here to Corey brooks jackson dart jackson dart i think at one time i looked i feel like his um yard per attempt was like 6.5 at some at some point it was something like that i'm like well this is not the gunslinger that i thought it was that he was and then Corey brooks just not 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 only is he not playing, but I in the Debbie guide, I commented. I said I don't know that he necessarily has a trump card trait to utilize at the NFL level. Now he should still be a good player at the collegiate level. I don't know how he got surpassed on the depth start. Maybe it's because of injury, but he was always someone that I wasn't sure. Quite frankly, it was all of them. It was except for JoJo Earl. I questioned Ajay Hall. I questioned Jacory Brooks because that mold of wide receiver isn't the type of wide receiver that we have seen be successful um here recently the guy who's you know six three ish 215 pounds it's been guys who are six foot around 205 pounds who have been uh more successful that's the type of player that they have in jermaine burton who's playing playing the x so um jacory brooks and jackson dart for me what do you got matt uh, Evan Prater is is one for me. He's a quarterback that I really liked even last year. Uh, coming into this year, I, I still don't know that it was because he couldn't beat out Ben Bryant. I honestly think we're going to see Prater here in the next couple of weeks. I think it was more of Lou Fickle knew they were going in to play Arkansas and they needed a quarterback who he could at least somewhat trust. But if you really watch that game, Ben Bryant looked like absolute crap until the best two defenders on Arkansas went out and then he started performing. So I think we're going to see Prater pretty soon, but the fact that he couldn't take that job, I did drop him a little bit. I think I had him as a top 24 quarterback, just based on what they were able to do for Desmond Ritter. I mean, he was a top scoring fantasy quarterback most weeks for CFF. And I thought that Prater could just fill those shoes right away. That's not going to happen. The other is Byron Cardwell. And, And I know that Austin, was we talked a lot about this. I brought it up a lot on the spring camp reports that they were that it really seemed like they were using committees, but I still thought Cardwell was at least going to be the starter. He got four carries, and I understand this Georgia game got out of hand in like within five minutes into the first quarter. It felt like, but the fact that he only got four, and you saw the guy that the running back that Felix loves, a freshman Jordan James, got seven carries. As a f- true freshman, Marquise Irving out carried him. I mean, he was last on the list in carries for Oregon. Like, that's not good. That's really not good. Sean Dollars 
not only had more carries, but outproduced like every, almost every single one of them just looked better. I, I think that's bad for Oregon, especially if this team is going to look as bad as they did in week one. And Byron Cardwell, I mean, you talked about Sam Heward having to pay high-end high draft capital for him. It's the same thing for Cardwell toward the end of the season because we all expected him to be the starter at Oregon. And it looks like he may be the fourth in line there. I know that we have, like, new listeners, and you all are not familiar necessarily with the names and where they play and position and stuff like that. We will be better. That's something I'm always, like, conscious of, but sometimes we just forget. Byron Cardwell, running back, Oregon, highly touted prospect, Evan Prater, uh, quarterback, Cincinnati, very athletic player, dual threat quarterback that we thought was going to take over for Desmond Ritter. Um, so those were Matt's uh, players that he's moving down. Mine were Ja'Cory Brooks, the wide receiver from Alabama, five-star player, freshman in the 2021 class, very highly touted. Um, Jackson Dart, uh, uh Jackson Dart was what a four star, four star quarterback who originally committed to USC and then this offseason transferred to Old Miss to play with Lane Kiff Kiffin. Those were my uh, moving down. Cameron Ward transferred from FCS Incarnate Ward to Washington State, and he's their starting quarterback there. Not only is he the starting quarterback there, but they took Incarnate Ward's head coach, Eric Morris, to Washington State. Eric Morris has been a, a, uh, uh, assistant under Mike Leach, who, you know, the spread really comes from Mike Leach and Cliff Kingsbury. He was an assistant at Texas Tech when Patrick Mahomes was there. So that's like the style of offense that we're expecting to see. So uh, Sam Heward and Sam Heward, a five-star quarterback, son of uh, Brock Heward, um, there at Washington. Sam Heward, Cam Ward, Ja'Cory Brooks, Jackson Dart, Evan Prater, Brian Byron Cardwell moving down. Um, and then I feel like some of these, some of the names moving up are more, uh, names that we've, uh, talked about and more recognizable, but, uh, Raheem Sanders, Jay Knott, Cartavius Norton, Drake May, Mayan Williams, Tank Bigsby, JJ McCarthy, Cade Klubnick, and Quinshawn Judkins all moving up in our rankings. Uh, if you like the show tonight, if you like the fireworks between me and Matt, go ahead and subscribe to the Campus to Can podcast feed. Remember, the David Debate feed is going away. It's going away. We're not going to be updating it. Um, we want to direct all of our downloads, all of our listenings to the Campus to Can podcast fees feed, and then subscribe to us on YouTube. We do sometimes we do a uh, hangout after the show and just kind of chat and take questions and. Uh, mess around with the crowd so make sure uh you do all that stuff let's see youtube subscribe subscribe to us on um on apple podcast or where you, wherever you get your podcasts all right that is going to be our show for tonight apologies to kirk herb street we ran out of time we will get him rescheduled soon for matt bruning and chris moxley i'm felix sharp good night and good luck Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama, and the Crimson Tide. Has
has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls wide, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro! And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.